And good morning to everybody. Happy January the 10th, 9-11 on the West Coast, 11 minutes afternoon on the East Coast. Welcome to the Pig and a Pickle Krug Show. Brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in Northern California. Check them out in Corte Madera and Emeryville. Go say hi to Damon and Mary. Get yourself some brisket. Tell them the Krug sent you. Also brought to you by New York-style Italian sausage. The only kind of Italian sausage I eat is New York-style Italian sausage. And then we're also brought to you by Marin Auto Glass, bottom of the screen, marinautoglass.com, 415-883-3030. And Underdog Fantasy and Mojo Fantasy. Check the link in the description. And uh, click the promo code KRUG, K-R-U-E-G, and they'll match you up to your first $100. We're dual streaming this morning, which we're going to do in this window going forward here with the great Guy Haberman, who we really enjoy. Guy, good morning, man. How are you? What's up, Larry? Good to see you. I'm brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Crafted, savored responsibly, a Tito's toast to you, Larry, whether you bring it in or visit or belly up to the bar. A Tito's and ginger, my personal favorite. Tito's Handmade Vodka. There you go. Game awesome. Time app. Uh, butcher Box. Uh, also, uh, get your meat, get your tickets. Do you give away uh, meat to guests? No, uh, that used to be that. a radio thing. You know, our, uh, for being on the pregame show today, Larry gets $100 to Henderson Steaks, right? Stuff like that. <laughs> Robbie439 says, since Guy and Larry's been streaming together, I've gained 50 pounds because of brisket, chili, and, and alcoholic, and now I'm an alcoholic because of Tito's. I need help. Help, Robbie439. Ah, uh, great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks. Well, we are in the bye week in the Niners. Uh, the NFL goes this weekend. Sands your 49ers. That's right. The Niners get the bye. They're waiting around for either the Packers or the Eagles or the Bucks or the Rams. Why don't we start our conversation right there? I did the deep dive uh, like the Niners have been doing this week, I'm sure, uh, except I'm sure their deep dive is deeper, I hope than mine um, on these four teams. And I have decided that it's funny. The more you research, the more the, the picture changes. And if I guess, when I, I guess what you're going to say, can I guess that the more you research, the more you like is how you're going to describe this. Yeah. the more And, and the more I, I went into it fearing one team and then I came out of it fearing a different team. I'm going to guess that the more you research, the more you actually think the Packers are a good football team. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of the green Bay Packers. Um, just because I'm a personnel guy at heart and they have done a great job. When I say they, I'm talking about Brian Gutekunst. What'd you call me? I said, Brian Gutekunst. Uh, he is the general manager of said Green Bay Packers. And, you know, they've got a good little combination going there with Matt LaFleur as their head coach and Brian Gutekunst as the general manager. And Gutekunst has done a really good job. Um, and you look around their roster, and I thought, you know, without Aaron, you know, post Aaron Rodgers, that the Packers were going to be kind of in this kind of spinning their wheels territory for five years. No, 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 no. That's not the case. Um, they're loaded. Uh, they're really, really good. And it's because of 
Gutekunst in these drafts. You know, he traded up for Jordan Love in the 2020 draft. Now Jordan Love is playing incredible. 18 touchdowns, one pick in his most recent run. Um, he's doing, he's playing at a really high level. And then you look around and say, well, yeah, but he's got no weapons. Oh, no, no. Think again. They've got Aaron Jones still doing his thing, running and catching. You got AJ Dillon, though he's a little banged up. Um, but the rest of those weapons, the two young tight ends, Luke Musgrave, the, the kid from Oregon state, Tucker Craft, um, you know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed just had a hundred yard day last week. Bo Melton, Dontavious, Dontavian Wicks is really the hottest of their receivers. Yeah. And, you know, he's drafted Zach Tom at, at, at right tackle. He's drafted Rasheed Walker at left tackle. He's drafted Elgin Jenkins at left guard. All three of those guys are, are stalwarts. And then you look at their defensive line, you know, uh, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Rashawn Gary, all number one picks. Carl Brooks is playing his butt off. He was a six-round pick. Um, and on the back end, you got guys like Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander. It's not a perfect secondary, but Anders Carlson is a nice young kicker. They drafted him this year in the sixth round. Uh, it's amazing. They get, they got their kicker in the sixth round. They didn't have to use a third round pick and a kicker, but, uh, Gutekunst has done an amazing job and the Packers are playing good football. And I think there's a very good chance, guy, that they're going to roll into Dallas and beat the Cowboys and send uh, Mike McCarthy into his next job because I think Jerry Jones will fire McCarthy if he loses, if the Cowboys lose this game. Green Bay's the seven seed. Dallas is the two seed. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it, but personally, I mean, they're the, they're the youngest team in football. Uh, their average age is 25.6 years of age. LaFleur's 56 and 27 as a career, as a you know, career in the NFL as a as a record. And, you know, they started off two and five and now they've won seven of their last ten, including three straight. I think they're going to beat the Cowboys. What do you think of Green Bay? So if you check the tape, as I did, we have receipts. I didn't have time to actually record it and present it to you today. But uh uh, six months ago, we did a video. It's called, people can find it on Larry's channel, The Ceiling and the Floor of the 49ers. It's you, me, and right. John. All three of us have different backgrounds. You have 12 Niner logos behind you in that video. Uh, Those before, logos. Before the police came. Gone. <laughs> gone. Uh, and you asked, who's, who's going to be like a surprise playoff team this year? John said the Steelers. I said the Packers. And the reason I said the Packers was the weakness of the NFC and that in the three drives of Jordan Love that I watched last year, I thought this guy's just—he's got—he's got something. I don't know how much he's got, but he's got something. And then he went and had one of the quietest thirty-two touchdown, eleven interception seasons in recent memory. Um, the fact that Aaron didn't really play this year for the Jets made it feel like the Jets got bad luck, but it made it feel like the Packers knew exactly what they were doing for the second time in a row, which is pretty incredible. Um, I don't think they beat Dallas. I like Green Bay. I'm impressed with them. I think their coach is excellent. I think their quarterback's got a chance. I'm not a huge – people who have watched me or listened to me, Larry, no, I'm not a big believer. And I think Mike McCarthy's floor is is high enough, but I, I don't think that's – you're just not a championship. And people say, well, he's won one. I understand, with a Hall of Fame quarterback. 
I don't think the combination of him and Dak is a true, you're not winning a Super Bowl with that, I don't believe. I think they should move on from McCarthy. They'd be, they would be lucky to lose this game if it means they can hire Jim Harbaugh, but they won't do that. Like, they're not desperate enough. Um, but I think the problem is that you're asking Jordan Love now, who's not a rookie quarterback, but he's not a playoff quarterback. You're talking about the potential. And I guess this would change, right, if he had just gone on the road, beaten Dallas with a good defense, and then he's coming in to play the Niners. But I think a player who's not really familiar with the 49ers uh, and is young and is on the road is at a severe disadvantage when it comes to the playoffs. Now, his coach is familiar, right? Like, there's all these matchups. You go through the list. The Rams and Niners are familiar. The These Packers, like the Jordan Love Packers, not familiar, but LaFleur and Shanahan are familiar. The 49ers and the Cowboys are familiar. This Eagles-Niners, they're familiar. Like, there's so much familiarity in the NFC. They've even played the Bucks a few times in recent years. So um, uh, I think they, they're in pretty good shape regardless of who they play. I think for Jordan Love, the X factor for me would be it's a really tough spot for him. And for that reason, I don't. I don't think Green Bay would be the Niner, beat the Niners. Um, I think the 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 I'm not gonna say the worst combination, but the best quarterback coach combination in the NFC is Stafford and McVay. Right, that's the best combo um, that the Niners could face. And so I, I I just look at it like which team has placed good enough defense that if they've got a star quarterback, he can rise up and beat you, and. You know, the Rams are in that category. I don't think Dak is going to rise up and beat you, but that team, you know, they got good players, even though they don't run the ball. Um, I think it's a little too early for Jordan Love to win two road playoff games. Kaepernick did it. Yeah, he did. And out he of did. the whack. Then Jordan Love comes out of the Mountain West, but an old whack school, Utah State. Uh, but uh, that's that would be, I think, a, a very, very, very difficult thing for Love overcome right now but i am i am pro packers and i i'm with you like there's just something that would be a really interesting matchup because it feels so different in the same way that the national championship game on monday felt a little different uh i think that would make that matchup pretty fun because you got the historics but there's also something fresh about seeing jordan love instead of aaron Rodgers. the only thing about the rams and and the, the deeper dive i did on the rams you know i just can't talk myself into the rams being more than one third of a football team you know, they, they, they can score 30 and they will score 30 and they've scored uh, 30 against some really good defenses this year. I mean, they, uh, the Niners, the Ravens, I think the Browns, they, they play really well on the road against the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, excellent. They almost won that game. I mean, they literally in almost the beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Um, and it wasn't like the last week of the year, like, you know, it wasn't a throwaway game. It was just a, a game, what week 15 or whatever it was, um, you know, but, Aaron Donald and not a ton else on defense. Um, I kind of like John Johnson a little bit on the back end for the Rams. I kind of like the rookie um, from Tennessee who had a big sack on Stafford, Byron Young coming off the edge. A lot of speed there. Kind of like Kobe Turner and the year he's had next to Donald up front. But I don't see the. I don't see the edge rushers. I don't see the linebackers. I don't see the secondary difference makers. Um, you know, I, Taylor Rapp is now in, is now what in Houston or wherever he is now at Buffalo. Uh, he's moved on. So I don't know. I mean, their 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 special teams are bad. I mean, the Rams are thirty second 
in special teams DVOA. It's one of the it's historically bad. It's like one of the worst special teams ever. Yeah. So I mean, I just I don't really fear. I mean, I fear the Rams just because divisional opponent and they can score 30 and probably will score 30. So that they it's going to be a close game even against the 49er defense. But um you know, I mean, and and the Rams for a defense are maybe the one of the toughest teams to defend in the entire league. You got two receivers with crazy ball skills in Puka and Cup. You got a quarterback who throws darts. You got another receiver and Tutu Atwell is a true burner. So, and they got three tight ends that all can catch the ball. Um, and their O line's a little bit better. Avila at left guard's been a real find. So I don't, you know. They're, they Larry, they got a really good offense. I don't think the recipe of Jordan Love dropping back to throw 36 times beats the 40. That's just not – I don't think that's the recipe to beat the 49ers if you're the Packers. Yeah, no, end, I know. But they can, they so, can hit I mean, Darren Jones. I, I'm just looking at this guy. He's throwing it 40 times a game almost. Yeah. You know, they lost to the Giants and the Bucks. Uh, they beat the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears this month. Now, they beat the Chiefs and the Lions and the Chargers, too. They had that stretch that was awesome. But, you know, it's not like their last month has been great. L Giants, L Bucks, three-point win against Carolina, beat the Panthers, and then beat the Bears. I mean, beat the Vikings, then beat the Bears. Yeah. I think no. they've had a good year. Like, they are on the upward swing. They The only thing about Green Bay is that I don't – you know, I'm looking at the way Love has played in the last month, and he's got last eighteen, last eight games, eighteen touchdowns, one pick. Hmm. So he's taking care of the football. And the one thing about Green Bay is Savage can pick you off, Alexander can pick you off. They've got their they're developing. I mean, they've got some big time guys coming at the quarterback up front. I've really liked Carl Brooks a lot in the lead up to the draft this year. I know the Niners looked at him. Um, you know, he is a real talented guy. He's just a guy off the bench. I mean, but he's 300 pounds. I uh, played at Bowling Green, where's number 94. Um, you know, but then Rashawn Gary is scary. I mean, he really is scary. Devontae Wyatt, equally scary. Kenny Clark, you used to be on this line kind of by himself, naked. Now he's got help. Um, so, you know, Preston Smith is a is a veteran pass rusher. Quay Walker can really, really run on that second level. Uh, Campbell's obviously been a good player for years. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I do. Do you think Green Bay has a chance to beat Dallas? Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody, you're giving them a shot. Dallas, like anybody. Dallas can win a bunch of games, but you can beat Dallas because they're not. I don't think Dallas. Dallas is all. If you get in a close game with Dallas. They're going to screw something up. They're going to, you know, if you put them down with two minutes left, they Dak might lead the game-winning drive, but they also might move the ball on the spot and then get a false start. I mean, it, they're just not quite buttoned down enough, I don't think, um, to be unbeatable. Green Bay, by the way, 23rd in the league in yard per carry defense, almost four and a half yards per carry allowed. On the road, that's almost five. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't think Dallas is, I, I, people think I don't respect that. I, I respect the Cowboys to a certain degree. I just think their cat, their ceiling is capped and I think they can lose at any moment. Um, but I think they win this game. No Stefan Gilmore. Does that change your opinion at all? 
for for Dallas? No, I I just think it's going to be really tough for Jordan Love to go there on the road and and beat Dax had a good year. They can score too. You know, if it's one of these games where you throw 37 times, fine. Dallas will Dak will go throw the ball 37 times. He might throw two picks, but um I just think this is like this to me is the Cowboys wheelhouse. Like this is the kind of playoff game they celebrate. Like, yeah. Yeah, we did it. Um <laughs> but they don't they don't play with the big boys in the postseason. They haven't. If they do, then that'll be it's the there's a first time for everything. So if you're Dallas, you're hoping this is the first time, but that's this is the kind of game they win and pat themselves on the back for winning. Um Robbie says Packers defense let Bryce Young throw for 300 plus yards. Not impressed. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing, you know, to to feel good about is that Joe Barry's defense, Joe Barry's a D coordinator for the Packers. You know, it's it's not been consistent. And as Robbie points out here, they've had their duds on defense. But I'll say this: Green Bay is coming. I mean, we're everybody talks about Detroit, 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 Detroit. And Detroit is an up-and-coming team. Don't get me wrong. But Green Bay is going to run with them going forward, and Green Bay is going to be a power in the NFC because they're those teams are hitting in the draft at a really high high rate. And when you hit in the draft and you have that good of talent, um, that's, you know, eventually you're going to be you're going to be there. And Green Bay and Detroit, I think, are going to be the, the main you know, two of the main contenders in the NFC with the 49ers going forward and we'll see we'll see now that we're talking about a little bit about the playoffs why don't we get into that a little bit um the playoffs start on saturday with cleveland and houston in houston cleveland's a two and a half point favorite last i checked this is cj stroud against the number one defense in football how do you you know rookie quarterbacks typically on you know typically don't do well against the number one defense in the game it seems like Houston, I really am impressed, though, with D'Amico. I think he's the coach of the year. But, man, their their offense misses Tank Dell in the worst way. And I just don't think that I, – I don't think that uh, Houston's going to get it done against Cleveland. I think Flacco – I know Flacco turns it over, but Flacco's defense also bails him out by, by getting turnovers the other way. They take the ball away. Do, you, do the Texans make noise in the playoffs and win this game? Or, you know, I mean, they are three and one in three and one in the four starts since Tank Dell went out, but their big playability is not near the same. Um, you know, Texans, it's like, I'm not sure which Texans teams is, is going to show up. They did lose to the Panthers, the Jets, and the Falcons, but then they also have beaten some really good teams this year. Um, what do you think, guy? I mean, you know, Houston has beaten. The Jaguars, the Bucks, and the Bengals that beat the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Um, these teams, Houston did lose to Cleveland 36-22 in week 16 in Houston. That was the game where Amari Cooper just went crazy. He went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. 11 catches for 265 and two touchdowns. Do you believe in the magic of the Browns or the magic of the Texans? Because both these teams got a little magic going on. Yeah, I believe in the defense of the Browns. But... I, I don't believe in the magic of the Browns. I mean, at the end of the day, Joe Flacco is who he is. And it's been pretty incredible what he's been this year. If this game were in Cleveland, I would say no chance. No shot that Houston wins. But it's not. It's in Houston. And um, 
I still favor Cleveland a little bit just because of their defense. But the beauty for C.J. Stroud is he's seen these guys. So I think the Texans have more magic than Cleveland. I think Cleveland's, you know, defense is real. But um, I, I, you know, Flacco, it's gonna, it's it, it will, without question, come back to bite the Browns. That Joe Flacco is their quarterback in this postseason. It will. It'll bite them. I don't know if it bites them this bites them this week, but it will bite them. Now, if they win this game, the whole thing's like it's all gravy. Like you, it can't bite them against the Chiefs or the Bills or you know, it's like or uh, thirty-seven turnovers gravy. for the Browns this year. Thirty-seven. That's a ton. Yeah, that's why they got a shot. It's why they have a shot. But what do you do? You think Flacco comes back to bite them this week? Uh you know, maybe it's respect because I saw Cleveland's defense up close. But man, Miles Garrett, maybe the best defensive lineman in the game. Um, I think Jeremiah Wusukoromoa is maybe the best linebacker going. I mean, he is awesome. That guy is fantastic. He ranks second among all linebackers in run stop win rate. Um, he's good going forward. He's good going backward. He's just special. I loved him in the draft. I wanted him so badly for the Niners, and they passed on him and went with Aaron Banks. And Banks is going to be a good lineman for 10 years, but JOK is crazy good. And he fell because some I think he had a heart issue or something on the medicals that made him fall. But he's so good on that second level and covers so much ground. And then they've got Zadarius Smith with Garrett. Tomlinson's a big horse up front. They got Denzel Ward and Martin Emerson. Those guys have been just locking people down on the back end. I love that secondary of the Browns. I think defense travels. I'm going to take the Browns in this game. I I think history, I'm going to go with history on this one. I mean, um, CJ Stroud's really good and Tamika's really good, but um, to me, this is going to be a successful year for the the Texans' big moment was last week. And that's their celebratory. That's the one that Keith brings them back. I don't see a, a run here for the Texans. I, I, I think the the Browns, the Browns take the. I love teams in the playoffs, guy that take the ball away. And the Browns had twenty eight takeaways. Uh, that's fifth in the league. They take the ball away, and they take the ball away pretty consistently. I like the Browns. I like the Browns to go into Houston and and beat the beat the uh, Texans. I think it's going to be a good game, um, but I don't know. I mean, it's weird. Um, the The Browns were minus nine in the regular season in turnovers, and the Texans had a plus 10 turnover differential this year. So on that front, you'd say, well, you know what? There's going to be turnovers in this game. The Browns are going to turn it over to the Texans. It doesn't always play out that way. I'm going to take the Browns on the road. I like. I, I believe a little bit in the magic of Flacco. I also think there's a very good chance um, the Browns have a have a little run here. I think there's oh, you a think chance Flacco can win two games. I think Flacco can win this game, and then I think I think the Browns can knock off the Ravens. They did it already once this year. Yeah, and it's a divisional opponent. There's no fear. Um, it's a. I mean, the Ravens. The Ravens are are great. But it's Lamar in the playoffs, and he's one and three. And last time he was the MVP, last time they were the one seed, they got bounced in the divisional round. So um, give me the Browns. Give me the Browns. I think the Browns go on a little magic carpet ride for a couple weeks. It's going to end, 
but um, I think they get a win, maybe two. Well, I think if you're a Niner fan, you're rooting for the Browns uh, because I, I think your scenario where you somebody plays the Ravens out of this game, <clears throat> the Browns are much more likely to win that game. Revenge game for Flacco, don't forget. Um, then C.J. Stroud going on the road to play Baltimore. So I think from that perspective, you would – You'd want Baltimore to win if we're giving you like the, I think the fan viewing guide. Let's get to the next game because the next game is going to be, I think, so fun to watch. It's Miami on the road in what's going to be probably two degree weather in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Kansas City's a three and a half point favorite. It's the five o'clock game on uh, Saturday. Uh, Kansas City leads the NFL guy. They got 36 drops, 25 of them from their wide receivers. But Mahomes is 9-2 and two at home in the postseason. Miami hasn't won a playoff game in quarter century. And Miami comes in with all kinds of issues. They just signed Bruce Irvin. They just signed Justin Houston. Um, Bradley Chubbs had an amazing year, done for the year. Jalen Phillips is a damn good edge rusher, done for the year. We're talking Achilles and ACL, right? Right. Van Ginkle was there like, you know, yeah. third guy, not going to play. Bradley Chubb did it two minutes left in a blowout. I know. That's the part that really hurts. <laughs> I know. I know. And looking at it from the Miami perspective, too, it's like, I mean, their defense with Fangio, I mean, you know, first year coordinator, uh, they were looking good, sacking the quarterback at a pretty good rate, second best in the NFL. They were 22nd in that category a year ago. And then they lose Jalen Phillips and they lose Bradley Chubb. And Chubb was awesome. Listen to Chubb's numbers. 54 quarterback pressures. More, the next Dolphin player, the next up uh, player had 31. He forced six fumbles, the most in the league through uh, week 17. So they don't have their not their two top pass rushers. They're without their three top pass rushers. They're going to be leaning on Melvin Ingram, Emmanuel Ogba, and they just signed Bruce Irvin and Justin Houston on Tuesday. Um, Jalen Waddell is dinged up. Raheem Mostert's dinged up. Cameron Good, the former Cal Bear, got hurt in the last game. Xavier Howard's dinged up. But I, the real reason I don't like Miami is Tua is not the guy. You know, the old, you know, everybody's like, he's him. Tua is not him, um, and I never liked Tua as a quarterback, as a prospect. He doesn't read the field. He doesn't see the field. He doesn't read coverage, and um, Kansas City's got a very good defense. It's going to be freezing cold. Miami's only win against a winning team all year was Christmas Eve at home against Dallas. Um, I, I, you know, Fangio's helped their defense, but he's run out of bullets. I thought they made a terrible decision, guy, going with the in-season HBO hard knocks, you know, I mean, that was just like, what, what are you doing that for? Um, and it was, they were great shows, by the way, awesome shows. And I, as a fan, we won, but as a team, they lose. So I, I like, I like Kansas city here. I, I, I think Kansas city's not going to the bowl, but Kansas City's so eager guy to show everybody that, um, you know what we're, we're you know, we're the, we're the, we're still the team, the Kansas city chiefs. And I, I think they're not going to win this game you know, by one or two, I think they're going to win this game in a rout. I love Kansas city, uh, even against the number here. Where uh, are you on this game? I'm in agreement with you. Warm weather teams and cold weather. 
with weak armed quarterbacks is an awful combination. The Dolphins are lucky that this game is being played Saturday instead of Sunday because it's going to be zero degrees, nine degrees on Saturday, and like <laughs> right. minus seven on Sunday. So if there's any saving grace, it's going to be colder Sunday in Kansas City. Thank God we don't live in a place like that. <laughs> I, I, don't have, I don't have the wardrobe for that. I mean, what the what do you even wear in those First conditions? Of all, it's a better wardrobe. You get, you get more layers. But I remember being in Boston a few years ago, and I called my wife. I'm like, this place is awesome. She's like, yeah, how about the winter? I'm like, yeah. Um, but well, Now, that's I, Boston, though. Boston's a you know vibrant city. I mean, Kansas City. I mean, after you have barbecue and go to like four different Larry spots, middle, it's time to go. The middle of the middle America, Larry. Look at I you. love Chicago. I love. I've Chicago's been to, another one. I was there. Been to Green summer. Bay. I've been to Minneapolis. I've been to St. Paul. These are great places. I've, I told I'll, my wife in Chicago, I'm like, is this the greatest city in America? She's like, again, it's July. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're at I'm Navy Pier on the river. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, the architecture Wrigley. tour, Wrigley. Oh. Uh, the Museum of Science and Industry. Uh, Chicago's got a bad rap for all the crime, but Chicago on the north side, on the lakefront, and in the summertime, awesome. Loved it. The winter, uh, I saw this from, not so much. I saw, I saw this from BetMGM. Since 2017, the Dolphins are 0-9 straight up in games under 40 degrees. <laughs> 40 degrees. This game they played is well be, last year it? against Buffalo in the cold. It's going to be a high of 9. Oh, God. Fahrenheit. That, no thanks. Did so, I ever tell you my Chicago story, by the way? So we so. get to O'Hare. I'm, I'm doing a layover from Army Navy. And uh, so I'm coming from Philly. And it was like 25 in Philly. And I stop, we stop over in Chicago. And I got like a two-hour layover. Like, welcome to O'Hare International Airport. Uh, outside, the conditions are minus 12 degrees, minus 30 wind chill. And I'm like, I got to go out there. But then I'm like, but I don't really have winter wet winter clothes. So I'm like, ah, man, I'm going to die out there. But then I see a lady. I look out the window. I see a lady walking to her car carrying a baby. So I'm like, if the baby can do it, I can do it. Right. So I run downstairs and I'm right, right about to walk out and the doors open and I can see how cold it looks. And I'm like, ah, do I do it? Do I not? And I go, I'm going to do it. So I walk out and I'm standing there and I go like this. I'm putting my arms in the air. And I'm like, and it was freezing, freezing. But I'm like, okay, but it ain't that bad. And the in the sky cap guy on the the air, the guy who's loading the bags goes like this. And I look up, I'm standing underneath a heater. <laughs> but I was freezing. Yeah. So then I he goes, go go over there. So I I I ran like 30 yards over there. And I I've got you know, head, everything wrapped, everything. It was literally like somebody was hitting me with knives. I mean, it was just like, it just, my skin just started pinching. It just, it just killed. And I ran back into the place. I'm like, oh my God, what in the heck? And I go into the bathroom at the, at O'Hare and everywhere that wasn't covered on my face was chapped red. And I'd only been out there for like six minutes. Crazy. I don't know six how those people. Time. Who was the guy? Who's the old um, Grant? Packers have a uh, older coach named Bud Grant. That, Bud, Bud Grant, Grant went with street uh, short sleeves. It was it was zero. It was zero. It was below zero wind chill. 
That's and a he tough came out bird. Coin toss a couple of years ago. You remember that they brought him yeah. out in a golf cart, and he was in a short sleeve shirt. Short sleeve shirt. Like this, this man. You know, like I don't. I mean, lost all. a lot of Super Bowls. <laughs> he was a good coach, though, Bud Grant. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But what a tough guy, man. That's unbelievable. That's the old. That's I love when coaches like Harbaugh would do this. He wouldn't wear a coat. But he'd have nine long sleeve layers underneath his crew neck. You know, you could tell like he would get bigger. Right, right. Yeah. But he wouldn't Chips wear a coat. Put on weight. Yeah. So who, who, you like Kansas City? I like Kansas City. Yeah. Let's talk about Kansas City for a minute because Kansas City leads the NFL with a bunch of drops, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, their offense this season dropped to 14th in points scored, 21 per game, 11th in offensive efficiency. 13th in offensive EPA. Mahomes had seven yards per attempt. It was a career low. 14 picks, a career high. 27 touchdown passes, his lowest single season since 2019. And people, you know, have pointed to the receivers, and the receivers have gotten raked, right? I mean, um, Sky Moore, no. Um, MVS, no. I mean, uh, Kadarius Toney, stay on sides, you know. But Travis Kelsey's having the worst year of his career. Didn't re- didn't have a thousand yards. The Chiefs' tackles are the most penalized tackles in the league. Jawan Taylor, um, their right tackle, has been penalized nineteen times this season. Eight times for false starts. Six times for holding. Donovan Smith has been flagged eight times. And you know they got a great interior with Thune and uh, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. I mean. That might be the best interior line in the game. Um, but they're second in the league in passing attempts, 25th in rushing attempts. So they don't have a balanced offense. And they're among the league leaders in offensive penalties and turnovers. They did win the week nine matchup against the Dolphins in in Frankfurt in Germany. <laughs> and we know the Chiefs have a kick-ass defense. Second best scoring defense in the league. They only give up 17 points a game. A lot of speed on that second level. Willie Gay, uh, Chris Jones up front, Legarius Sneed, who's headed to free agency on the back end. But what do you what do you make of Kansas City in this thing? Because some people are like, oh, you know what? Kansas City's just bored and it's Mahomes and Reed, but they're gonna have to do something they've never done before, and that's venture out on the road in the playoffs. Now, this game's at Arrowhead, and I think they're gonna route. But I think they're also going to get beat somewhere along the line before Vegas. Where, how, well, you got, how do you, you got see Cleveland KC? beating the Rams? I mean, beating the Ravens. So yeah. you think they're going to go to Buffalo and lose? Right. And I think Buffalo's going to get them. Which, uh, yeah, is a very reasonable thing to predict. I I am a pro Chiefs, not because I think they're messing around. They're not as good this year. And it's because of their weapons. And Travis Kelsey, part of the reason he's not having as good of a year is he has got he's got less around him. I mean, you just think about who are you going to make beat you at the end of the game? Justin Watson, whoever. So, um, I think it's pretty explainable why it hasn't gone well as well for Kelsey. But uh, I do think their defense—they got defense quarterback coach. That's just a hell of a combination. Like if they're in the AFC Championship game on the road in Buffalo, that means whoever's coming out of the NFC is going to face either a really hot Kansas City team who's gone on the road probably twice and one, but maybe once, depending on how things shake out, or a Buffalo team that's going to feel red hot. Um, and I think it's, to me, Buffalo's as 
kind of got a higher stock right now. But if you look up and there's Mahomes and Andy on the road in the AFC championship game on the road in Buffalo uh, against a Buffalo team that, you know, they've had their moments too of not looking very impressive and yeah. Josh Allen at any moment. So I'd probably going into that game, you know, if you've beaten, I'd probably pick Kansas city. I think in that game, I'd probably take Mahomes and Andy Reid in that game. Um, on the road in Buffalo. The only thing, here's the thing about Buffalo, though, guy, is that Buffalo, you know, was six and six, and they're, they're on the edge of literally having their whole season flushed down the toilet, and maybe McDermott getting dumped. They dumped Dorsey. They, I mean, they lost to Denver. I mean, they, Buffalo's lost some bad games this year. I mean, they really have looked bad at times. But then, since then, they've been in kind of playoff mode. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing that scares the hell out of me. They were six and six. They've won five in a row. If they get to Vegas, they will have won eight in a row. And Josh Allen, we all know, is only 500 in the playoffs. But, um, you know, if you look at closely at those numbers, his teams haven't won, but he's played well in the playoffs. It's not like he's played bad. He's just he just but he has a career high 18 picks this year. He's make he will make mistakes. Uh, but they got a killer line. Deion Dawkins is just sick. That offensive lineman they have, he is just an amazing player. They got Daquan Jones off the IR on their defensive line. They've won five straight and six of seven. Um, I just think they've been in playoff mode for so long that they are resilient. You think they're destined is what it sounds like. I mean, I just think that they're they're great. They're the team that I fear the most out of the AFC, because if they get to the Super Bowl, as I said, they will have won eight in a row with a with a quarterback that, you know, and I know is going to win Super Bowls at some point. So it's just like that scares me. They scare me a lot. Now, I think is Gabe Davis out. I think Gabe Davis might be out. Um, But that they scare me a lot. They they really do. Um, You know, I mean, it's. Five years in a row, uh, they've won, had double-digit wins. They've been the division champ four years in a row. You know, it, Josh Allen's teams are sixty-three and thirty in the regular season. He's only been four and four. He's only been to one AFC title game. So, I, I to me, I'm hoping somebody knocks them off. But there's no chance, zero chance, that Buffalo loses to the Steelers. Right. Right. Or do you give Steelers any chance? No. I Mason Rudolph. Here. Mason Rudolph on the road. No. I can't believe they're in the playoffs. Yeah. No. Yeah, that can't happen. It can't happen. But, but you nothing can... to add on the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. This... Well, they have no TJ Watt. Um, I mean, and, and they weren't good enough anyway. I mean, they, their defense isn't good. They're leading on Ma- leaning on Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, I mean, the Steelers, I I'm I'm to me, the Steelers. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick had that has a knee injury. Um, he suffered it in week 15. He hasn't practiced since. He's their best player on the back end. And the Steelers, you know, haven't they have their defense doesn't show up in the playoffs. There is no JJ Watt. Uh, I think the I think the Bills route in that game. But I I'm moving on more to the to the next round. And I think Buffalo, Kansas City is gonna be that's gonna be one for the ages. 
All right, so that's that's uh, the morning game Sunday. How about Green Bay Dallas? We already talked about that. Um, Rams Detroit. The only what thing we you- didn't mention was that 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 um, that Saturday night games on Peacock. So get your get your Peacock downloaded. Get your six dollar Peacock download. Yeah. See, I have Xfinity. It comes with the comes it with, comes yeah. with the Peacock. But you know, beware of a key moment and that Peacock freezes on you. It, it can happen. Um, then you got to re- you got to reboot, you got to reboot the whole deal. There's going to become a time. We're going to be tuning into the super bowl on like Netflix. I can picture it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite thing to do, but whatever. It's the future. Uh, Rams lions. Where are you with this one? Because lot, this is the chic pick. Everybody's going, Oh, you know what? Rams, no. Rams, no. Rams, but and and Detroit's got Sam Laporta. You saw the way his knee bent last mm-hmm. week. He's not playing. There's no way he's playing. If he plays, he's like the toughest person ever. Um, and but Detroit's a field goal favorite. And Goff, does Goff get his revenge here? I, I'm taking Detroit. I, I I know the Rams are good, and the Rams can beat anybody. And a lot of people think the Rams are going to win that game. But I just think that. Jared Goff is going to get his revenge. Uh, it's the first playoff game in Detroit since 1993. Um, they haven't won a postseason game since 91. And I just, I, I like the Lions. I think the Lions, I don't know how they're going to win it. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, kind of a shootout. Um, but the Lions defense is a little bit of a concern. They've given up a lot of big plays. And Brian Branch, the rookie safety, who's been phenomenal is not not healthy so he's you know so I, I i'm a little concerned there but chauncey gardner johnson is back I, even though it's stafford making a return to detroit i like the i like the lions somehow some way i think i think the crowd the excitement um i think they'll they'll play a big game and i think they'll i think they'll beat the rams in a shootout how do you see that game? So Detroit would be the last place I'd want to go in the NFC this year, just given how unhinged it's probably going to be, right? Because of how long they've been starved and they finally got the postseason. Um, but uh, oh, and, and and I don't think that necessarily works in the Rams' favor that this is a Stafford revenge game. Uh, Stafford's a really good player. I don't think a revenge game elevates his game. I think it may de-escalate his game like i think he might maybe try to make a few plays that aren't there we know with him he he'll he'll throw that he'll throw that yellow ball and uh he's done it against the niners into trouble and throw interceptions so the stafford revenge angle to me is i don't think it helps the rams at all um does the golf revenge angle? There's no, and really, by the way, there's no Stafford revenge. There's, Stafford's not getting revenge for anything. It's the golf, as you said, you're correct. It's the golf revenge game. The problem with golf is I don't think there's really, I don't, there's not much he can do. He's not going to put the Lions on his back and carry them. I don't think it's just not in his skill set, but he can be very efficient and he's got a very good offensive coordinator. This is his Super Bowl, though. McVay quit on him. Yes, this is and his. Yes, he wants. He wants this. He wouldn't. And Goff is the kind of guy you know him because you cover the Pac-12. Goff's the kind of guy that this will mean more to him because he wants to get back at McVay for quitting on him. 
Yeah, for quitting on him. And I think by the end, it was not a great, I don't think it was a, I don't want to say it wasn't a great experience for Jared, but um, I think there were some things that, I, I don't think it was the perfect relationship between those two. Partly because I think, in, in part because of the way that Sean felt like he needed to manage Jared in games, right? Like in the headset right up until it cuts off, kind of telling him what to do. Um, and so I, I think in a, not just the way it ended, but the way it had gone, I think kind of creates a very strong desire by Jared to go beat Sean. That said, again, I got a lean quarterback coach here. Um, now, Ben Johnson's the coach that runs the offense. So they're, and Dan Campbell's done a hell of a job. There's a lot of emotion there. I've not been a, all from the beginning, I've not been a Lions can go deep believer. Now, winning this game doesn't qualify as deep. Um, and the Rams, the, the, the only hesitation I think on the Rams is that they're su such a sexy pick. But I do, I do like them more. Um, a little bit of the postseason pedigree thing, too, having been there, done that. I worry from a Lions perspective, Larry, that they already won their championship when they got to the postseason. That that's yeah. the thing that yeah. that they hadn't had for so long. They got it. Now what? So, um, you know, whereas the Rams have been a little like your description of the Bills, kind of fighting for their lives for a long time. Um, there's been no kind of up until the very end, no ability to go into cruise control. They've had to scratch and claw to get here with a group that has some legitimate postseason experience. So I am picking the Rams in this game. Let's get to the last one and we'll hit some Niner stuff before we jet. Um, Eagles Tampa in Tampa. A lot of people say, hey, man, the Eagles are lucky. They get the one team they can beat. I don't know that they can beat them. Uh, Philly was 10 and one. They finished one and five. They look terrible. AJ Brown's now out. Uh, Hertz has got damaged fingers. Philly had 70 sacks last year. They've got 43 this year. W what's the, uh, what's wrong with Philly? I mean, is, are they, and is, I mean, it looks like um, Sirianni looked like he was a coach on the edge of being fired. I can't imagine that's the case, but uh, he was very, very, nervous in the last presser what do you make of philly's demise here in their fall i mean since the niners beat them they have been in a free fall uh i think it's a few things i do think that sirianni is on the verge i mean i you think he's on really the you think he's on, oh, gonna be out how could he not be really the well, guy was in the super bowl last here's, year here's, here's the question you have to ask yourself wow how do we fix this how do we the question you have to ask is how do we fix it and if your head coach is not part of the solution, and he doesn't coach offense, he doesn't coach defense, and he doesn't have some historic track record of organizational management. So what is it that Nick Sirianni does that solves the problem that you have right now? He's really good at doing this. God, I love that clip. I don't want him to go for the record. <laughs> but... Of, for that know, alone, was, I'm enjoying this. I'm just, there was this question of like, are they going to change offensive coordinators? And of course, the answer is no, because he was already the offensive coordinator once, and they silently, secretly, in the middle of a season, took play calling duties away from him and gave it to Shane Steichen. So he lost Steichen. He lost Gannon. If you watch the Cardinals this year, you know that Gannon's a good football coach. Yeah. 
And if you watch the Colts this year, it doesn't, you don't even need to have watched them. Just go look at the record after what happened to Anthony Richardson. Like Steichen's a good coach. So in his defense, he lost two really good coaches, but it exposed the fact that he can't, he's not part of the, he doesn't know how to fix this problem for them. So I, I think given the level of, you know, I think it's a pretty attractive, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I think it's an attractive job. Now, if you take that job, you don't get to be in charge of player personnel. But that's okay. Howie Roseman's pretty damn good at it. So if yeah. you can, anybody, that, if you've got a good relationship with Howie, then it's a great mix. So I think they'd have to, I mean, think about what they've done. They moved off of Doug Peterson and he won the Super Bowl. They moved off of him very quickly. So I, I think they'd be crazy not to consider moving off of Sirianni, whether he wins this game or not, but especially if he loses this game. Um, now there's a scenario where they win 38 to 10 and everyone starts wondering like, are they back? But I think part of the problem is, is like you said, it's, it is, there was an injury issue with them. Their defense is not nearly as good as it was. And you got to really wonder whether or not Jalen Hurts is going to turn out to be worth the money. Now I do think if I defend Hurts for a second, I think he's pretty, I think he's hurt. He is hurt. He's looked like it all year. I've thought with his leg, but I still think they really got to question whether or not they paid too much too soon but i i, I yeah I, sirianni's on the hot seat he's got to be on the hot seat to me he's on the hot seat whether he's coaching in philadelphia or in media market 32 um we've seen a lot this year look at what kyle shanahan's done when things have looked like they were about to fall apart he's found a way to get a team to the playoffs mcveigh last year i thought mcveigh had a did a hell of a job with a team that looked like they were going to be a two-win team um, and then this year, people thought they're going to be a three or a four win team, which I thought was crazy because of Stafford. Stafford turned out to be healthy. They're a playoff team. So, you know, that's what it looks like, Larry. When you when Aaron Rodgers goes away, what does your coach do with the next quarterback? He goes to the playoffs, LaFleur. That's what it looks like. That's what you're paying these guys all this money for. And that's not what Sirianni has shown a capability of doing. So. You know, I, I, I it's an amazing they, fall though, isn't it? I mean, amazing fall. I mean, 70 sacks to 43 sacks. Um, Fletcher Cox maybe got old, but I mean, they still have a lot of talent on that defensive line. Um, I just think that they're going to have a hard time beating Tampa because you can't beat the New York giants. You're getting destroyed by the New York giants. You're getting worked at home by Arizona in a, in a gotta have a game. <laughs> and now you're going to roll into Tampa and beat this Buccaneers team. Oh, Larry, uh, this is a major step up in class from the teams they've lost to the last couple of weeks. So Philly's going to have to be very much on their game. And I, I think I think there's unhealth for the Eagles on both sides of the ball, because I saw a breakdown this week guy where they said no team runs less motion than the Eagles. So they don't really challenge defenders mentally pre snap. And they're having busted plays against the Giants last week like it was. They had their third team in there in the final preseason game. It's they look so disconnected um, from one another. I think Tampa beats them, but they changed we'll coordinators see. this year and didn't fix anything on defense. Uh, well, Matt Patricia, Sean Desai was the wrong call. Patricia was the wrong call. They, <clears throat> you know, it just kind of shows when you when you lose both your coordinators and they're good and you don't replace them with really equally good guys or better guys, it's hard to, it's hard, you know, I mean, they lost a lot of coaching smarts 
in one off season and people yeah. made it seem like it was no big deal. It's a big deal. Well, it was a big deal to lose. They didn't just lose to the Cardinals. They lost to Gannon. Remember the story was like, ah, oh, they tried to spin it. Like Gannon wasn't, they were mad because Gannon, the timeline of him taking the Cardinals job and them not knowing cost them. Uh, uh, why am I blanking all of a sudden? What's that? They, you're talking uh, about our, our guy, the Dolphins defensive coordinator. Fangio. Fangio. Cost him Fangio. Thank you. Uh, and I think they were pissed at Gannon. So lo- they didn't just lose. They lost to, you know, Howie's got some enemies. Uh, we've talked about that over the years, and they lost to one. So I, I think that made it doubly worse that Gannon beat him. So, I, yeah, I think he's in a bad spot. I think they need to change coaches. I think Dallas, if they want to win a Super Bowl, has to change the coach. But, you know. I think Harbaugh. I, be, I think Harbaugh. Either one of those places would be scary. Where do you think Harbaugh goes? Raiders. Really? Well, he's got to take the Raider job or the Charger job. I would take the Charger job. I think Harbaugh, Harbaugh is really smart, and Harbaugh came to the Niners because single. He knew Singletary was a circus, and he knew the Niners were had a team that was ready to win. And I think he's going to go to the Raiders. I think he's going to go to the Chargers because he knows Staley was a circus and they have big time talent and they're ready to win. Well, what was the famous line Mark Davis told Jim? They they played uh, the game at um, I think it was the 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 game at the Coliseum where Kaepernick at halftime, like I don't know, had some fan interaction. Do you remember that? Uh, a bunch of Raider players were yelling at him. Okay, but but uh, I think before the game, the Mark Davis and Jim Harbaugh met on the field, and Mark said to Jim something along the lines of, "You guys are a circus. You, you're stealing our thing." Kind of like made a joke, like that's our thing being a mess. You're stealing our thing. It was it was <laughs> Harbaugh's fourth year, right? So I think those two have a relationship, and uh, if your prerequisite is Jim will only go where there's a circus. Well, the, the Raiders certainly will have qualified for that as well. So they got they got Herbert. I mean, you think about it. He's going to go from a guy who couldn't win the big one, quote unquote, to, I mean, if you told me he's the Chargers coach, I'd put them in the AFC championship game within the next two years to having a chance to win a national championship and a Super Bowl in like a four-year span, which, again, if he goes to the Chargers, he will have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it is tried and true and proven, Larry. He goes to San Diego. He has 11 wins twice in three years. They hadn't had 11 wins before or since. He goes to Stanford and brings them from the depth of the ocean to an Orange Bowl and 12 wins and Andrew Luck. He goes to the Niners and goes to three NFC Championship games in three years. He goes to Michigan and takes them to the National Championship and three straight college football playoffs. It is one of the most inarguable resumes in the modern era. Does he win when you get him? Yes, 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 yes. Four times in a row in the affirmative. It doesn't just like win 11 games. Takes you to or on the precipice of championships. So I think it's a no-brainer for the Chargers. I think it's a no-brainer for him and the Chargers. But it's just there's there's some weird pull there with him and the Raiders. I don't quite get it. The mystique of it all. Something about it, you know. Uh, he coached there. Just like he he's a Michigan man. I saw he's getting an M tattooed on his shoulder this week uh it wouldn't if you told me he gets two tattoos and the other one is is the shield uh silver and black i believe you there's just something about the pull with him and the writers i don't quite get it but it's it's there 
his brothers in the AFC. People that I've talked to said he doesn't want to be in the AFC because of his bro. I'm thinking there's a chance that David Tepper throws him mega bucks. I also think the Bears, that could be very attractive to him. I think what, what would be interesting about the Bears. Commanders, don't forget the Commanders. If Bob Myers gets Adam Peters, does Adam Peters say, yeah, it didn't work out in San Francisco, but guess what? We'll get Harbaugh. We'll revive an iconic brand. We'll get out of FedEx Field. We'll build a new stadium. Um, Jim will we'll, fill the stadium. Yeah, he'll fill the stadium. We'll reignite our iconic brand. I if I bet you anything, he goes to the NFC, stays out of his brother's way, and goes to – don't sleep on Carolina because David Tepper, and he knew he was going to be fined hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw that ice, and he still threw that ice. This guy's got money to burn. I know, uh, but Jim doesn't need the money. Jim, Michigan's offering him. I mean, I, it matters. Don't get me wrong. But think about Jim Harbaugh. Who has he coached? The last three stops. Iconic, iconic uh, organizations, right? Iconic. Yeah. Well, the Bears, he not exactly the Bears. Iconic. No, the, so the Bears, the interesting thing about the Bears, I don't know the relationship between him and Kevin Warren, who is the Bears president, previously the Big Ten commissioner, there's, ah, you know, I, I, I'd have to go back and look like the dynamics of investigations in the Big Ten. That was more Tony Petiti, the new Big Ten commissioner. Um, but yeah, I, that'd be something. That'd be just something to ask. I, I don't know exactly, but I, I don't know. That'd be something to ask the Big Ten people about. It's like, would they work? Would Kevin Warren want to hire him? But I just saw that Eberflus is staying. Now I guess that can change, but it, it looks like Eberflus is back. Yeah, no, I think I don't Luke think he's out. <clears throat> the so. Bears, the Bears are too. They're not. You know, I don't see them going Harbaugh, even though it makes a lot of sense. I think Harbaugh would consider the Bears, but I, I think the Commanders though makes sense. What do you think of this? Four twenty Savage. If Shanahan can't win the season, he's a choke artist. Niner fans are going to want Harbaugh back. <laughs> Who's the better coach, Jim Harbaugh or, or Kyle Shanahan? I think it's Kyle, but uh, I think it's Kyle. You know, part of being the coach is managing the whole operation and keeping keeping it moving forward. Um, and the one thing we've seen with Jim is it does end. Now, if this is en- if it's ending for Jim, it's ending with a national. Gym. Michigan won. Like institutionally, they're worse off without Jim Harbaugh. So it was a win for them, but. You know, part of the job is also be doing it at a level that can be maintained for five, then 10, then 15, like in an ideal world, 20 years, whatever, 15 years. Um, so I think Kyle's the better coach. I think part of why he's the better coach is he does the stuff that Jim does. Plus, I think is better at calling plays. Is better. He actually calls the plays, right? Um, but his teams want to play the same way. Like he has, to me, it's the perfect, like if I were hiring a coach, I would hire an offensive play caller who has a defensive mentality. That is, I think like the best combination because you get tough physical teams, which you have to have, you have to have it right. If you're going to win a championship at any level. So I, I don't think if Kyle, look, there is not a scenario where Kyle can lose before the Super Bowl this year and have it not feel horrific. Like I truly. Know. No, you I can't agree. lose the Cowboys totally at home. You can't lose and any of these teams beating you in the NFC will feel like a choke. It will. Now, I, agree. I don't think he's a choker. 
I do think Kyle Shanahan can win the big game. I do think it's a matter of time before he does. But until he does, I must acknowledge it is also a fair argument and a fair debate. Who do you think is the better coach? I think Kyle's the better coach because Kyle's offense produces points and Harbaugh um, is Bo Schembechler with uh, better, you know, better personality recruiting wise, more high energy recruiter. You know, he's he's the tw- he's the 2024 version of Bo Schembechler. Now, John, Ka- the other day, they might have 17 draft picks. People are saying they got like oh, it's one awesome. of the most talented. Did you see that clip of P.J. Fleck? No, the Minnesota coach was circulating yesterday. It was from a post-game press conference. But he said, I think Michigan's the best team I've seen in 11 years. And he goes, one of the reasons is, he said, I don't know if this is true. He had just walked off the field. He said, somebody just handed me a sheet that said, of the 75 guys they traveled, 73 of them played. Like, their 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 positional depth, their depth of talent is was really incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all those guys are awesome. Mikey Sain was still one of the captains. Converted wide receiver, really good corner. Chris Jenkins up front. Uh, the other corner with the size outside, he's tremendous. Uh, you know, both of those running backs are NFL. That tight end is NFL. I thought their left tackle, 73, um, is going to be a steal of an offensive lineman. Um, I forget his name, Ladarius something. They, they, what's that? Henderson. Henderson, Ladarius yeah. Henderson. Yeah, love him. Love him. That guy it looks fantastic. Probably going to be a mid-round steal at, at, at tackle. Yeah, Eagles, I mean, uh, uh, Michigan's absolutely loaded. Both those backs are incredible. I, I'm not the receivers. Eh, I don't know. I'm not a fan of McCarthy at all. I do not like J.J. McCarthy. I don't think he's much of an NFL quarterback, but a lot of people like him. Uh, what do you think of this one, though? Eric Hernandez says if the Cowboys or Eagles lose, they would fire their coaches and go for Harbaugh. I definitely think Dallas would. Could you imagine Jim Harbaugh in Philly? Oh my God. That, that would be, just be that would be unfreaking believable. Who's got it better than us and and uh brother the city of brotherly love? I did a video yesterday. I said you everyone should be lucky that I don't think the Cowboys are desperate enough to hire Jim because you only hire Jim when you're desperate, right? Those are the programs that hired Jim. They're they're desperate. They're at rock bottom. Michigan was his alma mater and was desperate and at rock bottom. The Niners were at rock bottom. Stanford was at rock bottom. <clears throat> and um, I think everyone, the, the entire NFC should be thankful that Dallas isn't hiring Jim. If they were to hire Jim, I that'd be scary because he'd be in the NFC championship game next year. Oh, I like know. immediately. Dal- I don't want to see Dallas. I don't want to see him go to, to either of those spots because then – you know, it's going to make it so, so challenging for the Niners. Um, John Edwards says, I will never forgive Harbaugh for not running Gore near the goal line during the Niner Ravens Super Bowl or for calling the timeout. You don't call a timeout when you got an old, decrepit defense that can't hang within a country mile of your quarterback running or your running back running. And you say, ah, you know what? I'm not going to run those guys. I'm going to have my quarterback who doesn't have good accuracy or touch try to throw with accuracy and touch. And not and and run the Michael James, but don't run Frank Gore. I mean Harbaugh gagged <laughs> like a you know it was just off. That was a gag Super Bowl. That was on him for sure. People criticized Kyle for the Miami Super Bowl. Miami, I KC was better. Uh, and you know Niners had a big lead, but KC was coming. Uh, they had scored tons of points and punt point you know scored in bunches that year. The, the Ravens gag was a true gag. Um, okay, a couple more, and then uh, 
we're over an hour here, guy. What's your time like right this morning? I don't want to. We can burn finish, you, no, we can keep going. Okay, because we're we're having a great stream here. We got almost six hundred people in the in the room. We're having a good time. Uh, people are enjoying the conversation quite a bit. We haven't even gotten to the Niners really, but let's hit a couple things on the Niners. One, we mentioned Peters. What is your what's your take on Peters? I mean, from what I'm looking at, Bob Myers has been hired to find a new coach. He went to UCLA. Peters went to UCLA. They're trying to build up that brand um, and get out of FedEx field and change the whole ugly cloud around the, the commanders and try to you know find the Jack can't cook Joe Gibbs era again. And Myers, I think has been charged with finding the next head coach and, and um, are finding the next uh, personnel czar. And I think he thinks Peters is it. I want to see Jed do whatever he needs to do. If Peters is the key guy to, you know, you can pay executives whatever you want. You can change titles. You can give them more control. I don't think Lynch wants to be doing this forever. I think Peters is the guy with the personnel chops. He's also from Cupertino. If I'm Jed, this is the guy I extend for. Give him whatever he needs to keep him around. You can. There's all kinds of money in the game right now. What is your read on Peters? You think he's going to jump to the Commanders, or do you think the you know Jed and the Niners do what they need to do to retain him? Well, what amount of money can you pay that replaces being able to run your own organization? You know, there, there's well, maybe the promise that you get to run this organization coaching three years from now. Will Muschamp, GM yeah, waiting. I mean, does he think John Lynch is going to leave? Well, don't you think John Lynch is going to leave? Well, John Lynch has got, he's too normal to work 120 hour weeks forever. He's got too many other things going on, man. He guy, the guy lives in San Diego with a beautiful family. I mean, after (laughs) he gets his ring, he's already in the hall of fame. You think think it's a, uh, I've wondered with, with Lynch, is it about the chase or is it about the destination? Maybe it's the destination. Maybe it's one ring. If I live in San Diego and I have a beautiful wife and kids, I'm I'm getting my ring and I'm hit I'm hitting the beach. You mean Amazon? Or that's what I'm saying. I mean multi million dollar opportunity elsewhere. So if they but, win a Super Bowl this year, you think John Lynch is gone? Yeah, I kind of do actually. Or or not gone, but out of the pressure cooker and into more of a cushy president role. Well, that's a great sell for Adam Peters. I mean, that keeps him, I think. Why wouldn't it? But he's got to believe that that's what John Lynch is doing. And even then, the question is, you know, <clears throat> there is a different level of 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 power when you're Kyle Shanahan's GM, president of football ops, versus Josh Harris hires you and gives you whatever, you know, you, you are fully in charge of the coach that you hire. Now, should you be at all a little bit? Uh, what would be the word? If if you had a first time owner, would you hesitate? I would. The good news with a first time owner, he might give you carte blanche. He might give you a blank checkbook. Just paid six billion dollars for the team. The bad news for a first time owner is never done it before, and we've seen it repeatedly. First time owners make a lot of mistakes, the same mistakes. And they involve firing people very quickly, hiring people quickly, firing people quickly, chasing their investment with more money. <clears throat> right. We're seeing it. And I, I'd be very interested. You know, the story on Ben Johnson was he didn't take the Panther job as the head coach last year because he just really felt like he needed to hang around Dan Campbell for another year, understood he was young, needed more seasoning. Maybe, maybe somebody, maybe Matt Rule, maybe somebody around Matt Rule, maybe somebody also told him, like, hey, man, 
it's pretty crazy in Carolina. You're going to be able to wait and get another job. This isn't the job you should take. It wasn't just, I'm going to wait because I think that's what's right for me. So that would be a hesitation for me. Now, maybe you sit down with Josh Harris and he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be hands off. Whatever you need, I'm stepping away and it's your show. And if that's the case, and, he, and you know what he would say too? He'd be like, look, look at what I'm doing here to, to hire you. I'm hiring Bob Myers. I'm hiring Rick Spielman, which I don't know why he wouldn't just hire Rick Spielman. Does Rick not want the job? That seems like a home run hire if you're Washington. So is yeah, I don't when who what what team has he coached? No, no, no. To, to oh, you talking about yeah. Rick Spielman? You talking yeah. about Rick Spielman? Okay, I thought you were talking. He's about using him as a consultant. It's him and Bob or consultant. Yeah, right? yeah. So just hire Rick. Yeah, you could. I saw Rex Ryan said this on TV two days ago. He's like, you know, if I were out- maybe Rick's a little long in the tooth. He's been doing the internet stuff for a couple of years now. He he was a GM for a number of years. 61. Maybe he doesn't. What's that? Yeah, but maybe he's only 61 years old. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. I just, Rex Ryan was adamant on TV two days ago that that's what Washington should do. And that if he were Rick, he'd be like, hey, I got a candidate right here. Um, and maybe Rick then hires, you know, you do the thing kind of like John, you think you bring somebody else in and they become the person running the team within two years. But I do think that'd be pretty attractive for Adam. And yeah, it'd be great if you could throw, uh, increase his salary by 50% and make him the John Lynch's immediate, soon to be immediate successor. And John kind of graduates as he already kind of did once. Uh, that'd be ideal. But the best thing the Niners have going for him is geography, right? That he likes, he wants, he's in this area. He wants to be in this area and he can't change that anywhere else. So if that's what the most P- important, what's Peter's family deal? Does he have kids? Cause you know, yeah, a lot younger. of times it's like <clears throat> they're younger kids. Uh, that's my understanding. I don't. I don't know for sure. He's a young guy. I mean, he could be the work together. But I mean, if I'm, if I'm, how? I mean, it's, I think Kyle's going to be here for at least a decade. Jed's relatively young. Don't they want that young GM that knows their their culture and is thriving in their culture? And I, when I say culture, I mean you understand the family dynamic, the Parag dynamic. Uh, you, you know, I don't know. It seems like Peters and Kyle would be almost the perfect. Uh, combo going forward with Lynch in a president role or Lynch back in the booth at Amazon. I agree. And I think it it's it, Kyle has not had to change his true partner. They've lost a lot of people out of the front office, but he has not yet had to change that partnership. Right. And I, it's got to be pretty comforting to him. So I, if I were Kyle, I'd be putting the full court press on Adam, Adam, you know, Adam, you you had to practice a lot. Adam's like John. He's out there a lot. He's yeah. he's around, has a has a good kind of energy to him, I think, which you need to counterbalance Kyle, who also has a good but different energy to him. Um, and so I think he has some of the qualities that John Lynch has in terms of personality that that make the dynamic work. And maybe it's telling that they've lost so many front office people in recent years. Maybe those are people that know that there is a succession plan in place and it's not them and that Adam is waiting it out until John Lynch is done and he'll be there. Right. If you thought Adam Peters, if you're the number three guy on the Niners ran Carthon, maybe. Yeah. And you think, uh, and you think John, now it's hard to turn out a GM job, but you know, that that Titans job is crazy right now. And you think John Lynch is not going to be 
around after you won a championship and you see Adam Peters interviewing nonstop, then it'd be very easy if you're the number three guy to go, oh, this thing's going to open up for me if I just hang out here for five more years because John will be gone and Peters will be gone and then it'll be my job. But that's not what people have done. Like people have left. So may- maybe that's an indication that they believe that that Adam is. But Adam's taken a lot of interviews. <laughs> like you take enough interviews at some point, you probably take a job, you would think. But maybe it's just what your agent tells you to do. Yeah, I mean, it might be just playing the game. Let's hit a couple of these supers. John Edwards uh, become a new YouTube member. I always give a little clap. Johnny, thank you for jumping aboard. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, we got this one from Charlie Sinclair. Harbaugh and Herbert would be generational. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, you could, you know, the competition that Harbaugh could been, then have with McVay as their who's got the better team and, and could win the next Super Bowl in L.A. I mean, Let's be honest. Anybody who can win the Super Bowl, and if the Chargers could, under under Harbaugh, could win the Super Bowl in L.A., um, you know, and jumpstart that market. I mean, the Chargers are like a team without a home. I mean, they really have no home. Um, that would be very intriguing. And I just think if you look at the Harbaugh, what the way Harbaugh took the Niner gig, I see the Chargers as the exact same way. They told they are the most underachieving team. I was shocked they fired Telesco. In fact, that's the guy that I'd want to hire if I were an owner as a GM. Give me Tom Telesco. This guy's had this guy had a great draft this last year, and he and he's dumped. I mean, he's done a really good job. Now Quentin Johnson, not that much, but look at all the rest of those guys. They got the SC defensive end. Um, he drafted Derwin James. He's drafted a bunch of good players. So uh, I like I kind of like Telesco. Bazzi Mianza thought him with a good trainer though. Yeah, exactly. All these guys get hurt. I know it's true. Bazzi Mianza's thoughts on the NFL PA's All Pro team list, and he snubs. I'm looking at that list right now. It's um, Mahomes, Josh Jacobs, Kyle Huschek, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Trent Williams, Joel Batonio, Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, Lane Johnson on offense. On defense, it's Nick. Wait a second, is this the right list? Seems wrong. Yeah, no, I guess it is. No, um, and then in defense, they got Bosa, Garrett, Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, Dexter Lawrence, Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, Pat Sertan, Darius Slay, Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James. Well, I mean, there's a couple. Tyreek. Tyreek. Yeah, where, where's Tyreek? Jefferson's a hell of a player. He doesn't belong anywhere on this list. What belong? Has he been on the football field in a month? When was the last time he played a game? Yeah, I mean, come on. I, there's no way I'm taking Jefferson. He didn't play against the I, Niners. That was half I would the take Jefferson though. and Adams off, and I'd probably put Ayuk and uh, and um, and 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 Tyreek. Um, those would be the, my my receivers. Hughes checks a no brainer. Josh Jacobs, really? Is he the best back in the game? What? No way. Well, Jefferson can't, uh, my bad. Jefferson's been playing. He had 12 for 192 the other day. <laughs> he's a great player, but he's he missed a bunch of games, didn't he? Yeah. And Jacobs, what? No, no, Jacobs can't be he was there. saying this is last year's list. It's got to be last year's list. This is says 2023. Is, is this? This might be the 24 list you need. Oh, wait a second. Let me look up. Maybe I I, I Googled <clears throat> the wrong list. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Let me see. Type in 2024. That gotta, that's got to be last year's list. Jacobs has not been good. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. 2024. I don't, nothing's coming up here. Let's see. Um, Here we go. Okay. Okay. Now I've got the list. 
I was going to say that's got to be last year's list because that that list was last year's too. Yeah, Schefter tweeted. I saw somebody said too. Do you have it? Uh, no, I don't have, have it. Do you have it? Yeah. yeah go Lamar, ahead. quarterback. Oh, yeah, Lamar, now I see it. Running back Christian, fullback Kyle, use check, CD Lamb and Tyreek are the receivers. Kelsey, the tight end. Trent Williams, a left tackle. Left guard, Batonio and Tyler Smith from Dallas. Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, Lane Johnson. Edge rushers, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby. Misspelled his name. Two uh, X's. Two X's. Yeah. Uh, nose tackle, Dexter Lawrence. Interior D-line, Chris Jones, Aaron Donald. Off-ball linebackers, Roquan Smith, Fred Warner. Corners, Deron Bland, Pat Sertan. Free safety, Jesse Bates. Strong safety, Kyle Hamilton. Keish, uh, Keyshawn Nixon, Darius Davis, the returners. Brandon Schooler, core special teams. Brandon Aubrey, the all-pro kicker, A.J. Cole, the punter, and Ross Matisic, the long snapper. Yeah, as far as snubs there, I mean, you know, Deron Bland is interesting because he's had a great year, but he's kind of boomer bust. He's also had, had you know, he's made some amazing big plays, and if you look at, at, the, at some of the things he's done, I mean, he's truly – you know, a wild card factor. Um, Deron Bland leads all outside corners in the lowest EPA allowed as the nearest defender, according to next gen stats. He's got five pick sixes, but he's also boomer bust. I mean, he's, he's also gotten toasted a bunch. So I don't know. I mean, he, he definitely is a gambler, but I, I think there probably is probably a more consistent corner than Bland, but those pick sixes, are pretty impressive. There's no, I'll say this. There's no doubt in my mind that Kyle Hamilton belongs in that list. He, and he is on the list. So that makes sense. Yeah. How about the tight end? Like George Kittle, it's kind of the Brandon Ayuk. Kittle has. Kelsey definitely does not deserve it. Well, he's, he's, he's second in yards, Kelsey. He is uh, third in catches with 93, but Kittle leads all tight ends with 1,020 receiving yards. Better blocker, much better blocker. Better blocker, more explosives, more touchdowns. Um, But, you know, he's got 30 less catches. Kittle does than Kelsey. Evan Ingram had 114 catches this year. Yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram was phenomenal. I mean, to me, Ingram was a total force of nature. And I just think when you look at Kelsey, this is the worst season of his career. He failed to reach 1,000 receiving yards for the first time since 2015. He posted an average of 10.6 yards per catch. That's by far his career low, and he makes the all-pro team. I the NFL, that's, PA that's all pro team. That's like yeah. the, the NBA players' MVP. It's, it's, it's a rep deal. It's a rep deal. Rep deal, but rep. Kittle's tight end you. Right. I mean, I, I just think that. Maybe tight ends don't vote. <laughs> or maybe they don't vote enough. Yeah, Lamar's the quarterback, so I mean that makes sense. He's been fan- fantastic. I'd give him my MVP vote. So those are those are interesting. How about this one? Um, it's not a super, but the centennial, the centennial, sentinels, sentinels, sentinel. Thank you. The Sentinels Football Channel. Who is the weakest link on this 49er team? Well, they rotate guards. John, but John Feliciano's played pretty well. He has played very well. 
Uh, I was thinking more about Burford. Um, you know, once upon a time you would have said Ambry Thomas, but I don't think that's. No, he's played really well. I like Ambry a lot. Safety if Jair Brown doesn't come back. Interior D line if Eric Armstead doesn't come back, but you got Javon Hargrave. Um, it's not anybody else at all. It's not a receiver. It's not a tight end. It's not a quarterback. It's not a running back. I mean, those that would those would be the candidates, right? Kicker. Ah, uh, yes, kicker. <laughs> so we haven't got your thoughts on the Moody man. What do you think? I mean, would you call Robbie Gold? Would you call no, Zane Gonzalez? You can do. You, 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 there's nothing you can do. I don't think there's anything you can do. You cannot bring Zane Gonzalez in. Zane Gonzalez kicked very consistently in the preseason, though. Before getting hurt. <clears throat> you got to see. You got to find out, right? He's going to ride with Moody. And well, the his, history you. tells us that kickers get better, right? It's why a lot of these guys get cut, and then you look up, you're like, oh, Daniel Carlson's one of the best kickers in the league. Okay, well, how about that? That is uh, true. That is true. Kickers typically do get better. And they're um, even wasn't Vinatieri, who's like a Hall of Fame type kicker, wasn't he cut early on? I think he was might he? have been. By who? He might have been before he was on that. the Patriots. Yeah, I think he. I think he was. Let me look that up. It's tough because when you're drafting a kicker, you're it is you're doing it, especially in the third round. You're doing it because you really need one. Like it's a desperate situation, and you're kind of going for it. And so all their kicks have all this pressure on them. And, um, you know, missing is, uh, is just going to be part of the deal, but I'm probably, I'll probably do a video on this a little bit later, Larry. So I want your, I want your opinion now. Oh, that's right. You said you did a deep dive on kickers. Yeah. And I won't, I won't bore you with all the numbers here, but we can, I'll, I'll do a video later, but I want your opinion. Basically, I think a lot of people are getting wrong what the issue is and, you know, I've had, I had multiple people text me this yesterday. Well, Robbie missed a handful of kicks last year, gold. And look at Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker misses kicks. But the problem is not that you miss a kick. I think the thing that scares people, and I think it's appropriate, I don't think it's an overreaction, to be on edge when Moody steps up at a big spot. It's that when you miss, does it feel like you know how to fix it immediately or not? And Moody has now had two games this year, the Cleveland game and this game against the Rams on uh, Sunday, where he missed twice in the same game. Well, Tucker has not missed twice in the same game this year. Robbie Gold did not miss twice in the same game last year. And that is really the issue. The issue is not do you sometimes miss. The issue is when you miss, is it a fluke or is something happening that you have to fix? And then can you fix it on the fly immediately? That is the heart of what I think that is the verbalization of what you feel when you watch Moody. Remember the Cleveland game when he missed the game winner? He'd already missed a kick in that game. That was deep. It was a 50-yarder. Fine. Um, But what made it so terrifying the other day was it felt like the preseason where he missed the field goal week, week 18 against the Rams. And then five minutes later, misses the extra point, right? Right. That's what made it feel like, does he know how to fix it? And that is the heart of the issue. It's not, don't give me 
percentage makes or whatever, it's that. If he misses a big kick in a game, it happens all the time. You run the guy out, he makes the next one, right? Like most of these guys, they miss a kick. That's the one they missed that day. Right. And with him, he hasn't missed that many. So credit to him for that. But you do worry to say they come in bunches would be dramatic because he hasn't missed enough to say that. But that is actually the concern. It's when he misses, is he going to miss again? Or does he know how to fix it and correct? Because it felt like the other day, not only did he not correct, he missed it the same way. And he's made plenty of kicks that look kind of like the misses where you go, it starts kind of middle and then goes and yanks to the right. Right. And you're like, is this, is this, is the alignment on this car off? Like what, what is going on here? Right. And that's what it, it looks like. It's a, like a car without power steering. Sometimes it's, and how do they that. help him? I mean, I how know. do they help him? I mean, the I thing is they, they were like, nobody 29th. knows anything, Larry. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. Nobody can help you. Like they were 29th in field goal attempts. So they, they tried to protect him as much as they could. Heck Brock Purdy has almost made him obsolete. How good he is in the red zone. If this were Jimmy Garoppolo, we'd know a lot more about Jake Moody's competence right now than we do. Maybe. I mean, Robbie had 32 attempts last year, but only 23 the year before Moody had 25 this year. So it was, you know, the year before, but what you're right. They had less field goal attempts this year. But this is the scary part about being a kicker. Like, if you're a pitcher, you could actually go to the hitters and be like, hey, what are you seeing? Oh, you're kind of tipping your curveball. If you're a quarterback and you're struggling, you can talk to the receivers. Like, hey, guys, let's get on the same page here. You spend all the time in the world with the punter and the long snapper. And neither one of those guys do have any idea. Like, they, I mean, they have an idea, but they don't do what you do. Oh, well, maybe I'll talk to the holder. He's the closest guy to me. Who's the holder? Oh, it's Juszczyk. He's over there with the receivers and the running backs. Like, you are on an island when you're one of these guys. I don't – it's tough. Like, no, there's a special teams coach. What does that guy do? He holds up the chart, and it's like, all right, we're going to cover. We're going to come this way on this punt cover. Right. But he doesn't. It's a middle return. It's a left return. <laughs> just, how about kick, right it, return. kick it through the end zone? How about that? Yeah. But kick it through the back of the end zone. He's not your, like, kicking guru guy. That guy's in Australia somewhere. So I, I don't. So we just I, pray. In other words, just yeah, say a prayer. Essentially go down to the local church and light a candle. It's basically it. <laughs> I mean, I hate that. I mean, you know, it absolutely would, kills Larry, me. Larry, what would you do? What do you recommend? I, I'll say, I'll tell you what I would do is I would hold a high profile kicker tryout oh. and let him know that we're thinking in that direction because the only thing that gets people right is when there's competition. I believe that this country was founded on competition. Beautiful. And That's I would, everybody is, I would have a competition and just say, Hey, we're looking around buddy. So you think this is, you the got the divisional arm around them and go, did you miss it? I didn't even see it. You missed a kick last week. Didn't even notice. Love you, bro. Slap him on the ass and get on. <laughs> that's what, day. that's what it sounds like. Kyle's approach is. It is what he's doing. All right, two last questions and we'll jet. What happens if the Niners fall behind? The Niners have had a halftime lead in 11 of their 12 victories. They were tied in the other one. They've trailed entering the third quarter three times. They lost all three times. How, you know, one of the big questions is if the Niners are trailing in the, in the second half, how does Purdy perform? How does Moody perform? Heck, you could argue, how does Kyle coach? 
What happens if the Niners fall behind? Why can't they come from behind under Shanahan? You've seen the numbers. Is there the the Niners are have all this talent and they've been there? They're, they've got experience, but they look a little bit fragile in that they have to have the game go their way or they don't win it. I never felt like they were going to beat the Ravens. Um, these games that they're behind, you never feel like they're going to come from behind. They have to get it their way. It's like they have to get the, they have to defer to the second half, get the third quarter score, get a late score at the end of the second, combine that with another score at the beginning of the third. I mean, they have a formula the way they like to win games. And then when it doesn't go according to their formula, they don't win, but they get the formula and they've got a lot of talent. Um, what do you make of the fact that the Niners are this kind of unique team that that they fall behind, they seem cooked? Everything, of, not everything about them. So much about them in this whole era where I watch them and I'm like, yeah, that's what a good football team looks like is bizarre. You know, like being last year, right? Having the roster they had, even having the roster they have this year. It's just, it's crazy to have the last pick of the draft be your quarterback and everybody else be just like half the Pro Bowl team. The rosters are not, it doesn't happen like that. And this thing that we're talking about where they're, you're not just talking about the O of 38 when trailing in the fourth quarter by eight points or more. You're just talking about the big picture of how different it feels they are just based on the way, where which way the scoreboard is weighted. And it's weird to me. Like I've said for a long time, and I use a dangerous word, which is the word front runner, which is a, a word for mentally soft people and teams. They are not that, but they are a very different team. It feels like when they are in front, which maybe you'd argue a lot of teams are like that. Like Texas probably would have been that way two weeks ago against Washington, Michigan is that way, right? Like if Washington was up 17 to three, does that ever become a game again? Michigan just wants to, if you are a team that really wants to run the football. And I think this is the other element, right? Kyle, like a bo- Kyle's like a boxer that's he's not trying necessarily to knock you out in the first or second quarter. He is playing a long game. He understands that the game is physical, the game is tiring, that so what if my ball carrier gets three yards in a cloud of dust in the first quarter or the second quarter? By the third quarter, that's going to be 3.5, and by the fourth quarter, that's going to be 3.9. I'm going to wear you down. This is a game played by humans. I'm going to rely on the physicality of human beings. And uh, that's why him and Jim are similar in that way. And I I love that style of football. It works. But it's not paired with an over-the-top pass game. And I think it's probably – I don't know exactly where to put the finger on this, Larry. We watched a lot of Niners in training camp. They didn't hit deep balls in training camp at all, like hardly any, right? Throwing Debo a a go ball, just he doesn't separate there. He separates when you get on the ball five yards around the line of scrimmage or nine yards or 15 yards over the middle and then let him go. But if you put a one-on-one on the perimeter and just tell him to go, like it's that doesn't work. And that's what you have to do to score fast. Um, they're weird because they get all these chunk plays. They get like these, like look at Kittle. He's like 15 yards per catch. I mean, Ayuk is off the charts. They get these humongous plays. And yet if it's, you know, 27 uh, let's say 17, it's a two-score game with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like, how are they going to score fast enough to get the ball and then score fast again? 
And I think it's that. Like, I think that's the heart of it. I, I wonder if they had Juli- like a Julio type, Julio and Matt Ryan, uh, Julio and Matt Stafford, like that combination, if they would actually be able to eliminate it faster. They've gotten better. My analogy has long been the old Pete Carroll Princeton teams, the Princeton offense. They're not going to hit a bunch of threes. It's a very methodical march down the field. They've gotten better at that because they have been willing to open it up more with Brock than with Jimmy. But there is still an element of of that to them. When I watch the 49ers, the one thing I always do is I always count possessions. And if you count possessions, you'll look up at the end of the first quarter and it'll be the third overall possession of the game. For either it'll be like Niners got the ball, opponent got the ball, Niners get the ball, they run three plays and the first quarter ends. So when you watch them, you should be very aware of how many possessions there are. It there's not a lot. Like you'll be halfway through the third quarter. That Ravens game, you're counting possessions. You're like, they got to score right now because there's like two possessions left in this game for them. And I I that's where they're weird. That's where I have a What hard do you think time of Bobby Mira's thing where they don't play tent with tempo? I mean, they 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 played with temp. I asked Kyle about this. I said, Do you ever go hurry up? And he's like, We did when we first got here. But it's like they're they definitely don't go hurry up. And I wonder if they can play in a hurry up mode. Yeah, I, they should be able to, right? Like, because they put a defense on its heels and they have so many. To me, when you have a tight end that blocks and when you have receivers that block and you have a fullback that can catch the ball, you should be able to play with tempo because you shouldn't have to substitute that much, right? The old positionless basketball thing. You should be able to run different stuff, make Kittle, make, make Kittle a wide receiver in this particular play call. Use Juice as your second tight end on this other play call. Use Debo and Ayuk to run block, right? Like you sh- and Jennings or whoever, right? You should be able to run tempo with a team that has so many players that can do so many things. So it's odd to me that they can't or that they won't. Maybe they just haven't been in the position enough times to get good at that. I don't know, but it it's um it doesn't totally make sense to me. And I know everyone always says, well, it's their drop back game. It's their drop back game. Yeah, I mean they're but but again, like they hit explosives. They just do they not hit them in the way that you have to hit them when the other team knows you're down by 10 with six minutes left, maybe, which is just 50, 50 YOLO balls to Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs or whoever, right? Tyreek. My son badly wanted me to ask you about Casey Hayward. What, what do you think? I mean, they worked out Casey Hayward. They're obviously looking what for a slot. What does he think about Casey Hayward? Well, I mean, just, I think he's looking to make a video. about. Oh, it, okay. All right. Got it. Um, <laughs> uh, but what do you what do you make of that? I mean, they you know, there's a couple in, you know, the they they they're looking for another corner. Jason Verrett went down. They worked out Casey Hayward. They probably worked out some other guys. Um, you know, is it is is that a concern that that they're looking for corners still? It does it and does it say some speed does it tell you that they don't trust uh Darrell Luter and Samuel Womack? Do you trust Samuel Womack and Darrell Luter? Uh, Mick says Casey's like 34, right? Yeah, he's he's long in the tooth. He went to Vandy. He's had a decent NFL career. What do you what do you think of them working out Casey Hayward? I mean, they just don't have any. They don't have much depth at that position. I, I think you go back to Jason Verrett returning, and that was a red flag for them that it was going to come to that. They thought um, Jason Verrett's fight to get on the football field repeatedly in his career is admirable. Yeah. But if it came to Jason Verrett playing the NFC Championship game, that's a pretty scary thought. Now, this is where Steve Wilkes 
Like this is part of what Steve Wilkes does for you. This is the position he coaches. You and I have been to a lot of practices. When everyone breaks out into position groups, it's Steve Wilkes hands-on with the DBs, with the corners and with the safeties. So if anybody can get corners up to speed quickly, I think the Niners are at the top of the list because this is Steve's deal. But, you know, if you're playing Casey Hayward with uh, Gibson, Brown, Ward, and um, let's say Lenore's healthy, okay. You know, when Armstead's healthy and you're, if everybody's healthy and like Hayward is the outlier, okay, fine, maybe, or, or put player X in there, Jason Verrett, whoever. But if it's like uh, uh, Brown's out and uh, Armstead's out and Hayward's rotating in because Ambry's out, that's a problem. But Larry, all these teams are in this position at the end of the year. You mentioned who some some of these guys the Dolphins are signing, like. And the Niners have done this before. I mean, if you go back under they the are Kyle healthier era, than most years. You know, they've had some they, unhealthy years. They've had some. They've had some December and January. You know, veteran corner additions: Janoris Jenkins, Josh Norman, Drake Kirkpatrick, Darquise Denard. I mean, Hay, Hayward's thirty-four. He's been out of ball all year. Um, he's remained si- unsigned all season. He's last played for the Falcons for the first six games of the 2022 regular season. He started and was targeted 27 times. He gave up 15 receptions. I just think that, you know, they want, they obviously want to go the veteran route. They feel more comfortable. I think that if the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl, they're five young DBs, Lenore, Jair, Luter, um, uh, Ambry, and Womack. They got to play ball. You got five young DBs. You got a great DB coach. You got a big defensive front in front of those guys. Those five young DBs have got to stand up if they're going to win it all. I don't think you're going to be able to go off the scrap heap in week 18 and find some solution. I don't. I don't buy it. I think they got to get they got to get Womack and Luter ready to roll, or they're just going to lose. That's how I see it. I I think those young DBs. I think you got to play. If you get one of those two guys to play well for you, that's a win. If you told me right now you want to roll the dice and you'll get really good productive play out of Womack and Luter or guarantee that one of them solid, I'd say guarantee one of them solid. I think you're in good shape. If Ambry's back healthy or healthy-ish. I entitled this, uh, this, this stream, Purdy Hates Game Manager Moniker, and we'll finish with this topic. And I, I wanted to play the cut, but we haven't been – I can't get it to play – off Twitter, but basically Mark Schlereth on the stinking truth podcast uh, with Mark Schlereth and another guy. And I'm not sure the other guy is says, you know, talked about how he had a conversation with Brock Purdy and that Brock Purdy told Schlereth, anyone that calls me a game manager is either not watching the film or doesn't know what they're looking at. I love that Brock Purdy said that Um, he's kind of, he's never really said that, but he's, he has said like three or four times to me this year, yeah, we'll just see how it all ends up. Like, like he's he he's keeping receipts, and he is going to say game manager this mfers, but he wants to do it while he's holding the Lombardi Trophy, wearing his cap backwards on the stage in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? He he's going to say, you know, he wants to say I told you so, but he doesn't want to say it until he can really lean in and say it. And even that he won't say, I told you so. He'll be satisfied holding up 
the he'll be satisfied with the visual, right? Um, which I think is the best kind of competitor at, at that position is to be that guy who doesn't, there's no reason to add that pressure to yourself to say anything. Um, especially when I remember you laughed about this when they gave him the game ball. What game was that? And he said afterwards, like, uh, you know, I, well, how did he phrase it? Like, I couldn't, you know, don't, he, well, don't, it's not just like, me. <laughs> he's like, I could, Hey guys, look, I couldn't do this all by myself. It's not just me. I mean, like, you know, that, like, yeah, that's fine. It's, we know, you know, that it, it did, it came across like, like a little on the arrogant side, but you know what? Me, I mean, it, you know what, Larry, it, I thought it was, sorry to interrupt you, but to no, me, no, I watched ahead. after you said it, I watched, I'm like, let's go see. And it just came across to me like a guy who hasn't, he doesn't do that a lot. You know, right, he just right, didn't right. quite know what to say. And he's a not, he's a humble guy. He's yeah, a very, the he's the reason. Humility is that. one of his strengths. It's one of the reasons he's won over the room. Yes. Yeah. You can't look. You cannot walk in there and act like you're the man with all these guys that have, that are the man and have done it before. Um, you know, you earn that by doing, not by saying. And I think that's who he is. I thought it was really impressive when he had that press conference at his locker after the announcement. You know that I don't remember if it was like it probably wasn't the announcement. It was he was going to need surgery. It was his exit. I think it was his locker room exit interview. And he said, you know, there's a lot of things that I say I am. And now is my chance to prove that I am what I say I am, that I live my life the way I say I live my life. And I thought it was a very insightful comment from him. Very understanding that there's one thing to say, I walk a certain path. But then after years of saying it, something gets presented to you and it's like, all right, I said, this is who I am. Let's find out if I am. I thought that was a that was really impressive. He was telling everybody, we're all about to find out if I am what I say I am. And he believes that he he believed it. That's why he knew that's who he was to his core. That's why he said it. But I thought that was pretty telling about Brock, how he thinks, how he commu- what he's willing to communicate. All right. The only time he has said basically, like, watch this is on an injury rehab. And he told everybody, like, watch. Like, all right, let's find out. He didn't say, I'm going to come back better than ever. He said, we're all going to find out if I am who I say I am together. That's pretty special. That's pretty special. He's a special guy, man. There's no question. If you saw his uh, senior day at Iowa State and Dan Campbell got choked up, and um, the guy's a special guy, and the Niners are very fortunate to have him. Um, that's going to do it for us. Bazzi Mian says, I love that Brock obviously has a chip on his shoulder. All the great ones do. He's been disrespected plenty. Yeah, it's called Boulder Shoulder. That's what he's got. He's got Boulder Shoulder. And one last super from Vicky. Vicky, you could be right. He, she says, J.J. McCarthy, we drafted higher than Michael Penix. and will be the better quarterback in the NFL going forward. Penix will be an NFL bust. Well, Penix definitely has an awesome arm, the best arm I've seen in a long time. But he's also got a lot of physical issues. And um, those physical issues could keep him out of the first round. We'll see. I don't know, man. Michael Penix has got a pretty special arm. McCarthy, though, big house. I mean, you're playing for Michigan. If you can do it in the big house, typically you can do it in the NFL. But we'll see. We'll see. Something about him is not right with me. I'm not sure what it is. But I got to do more more studying. I haven't studied McCarthy well, that he's, much. I mean, if you're talking about a top 15 quarterback, you're talking about, like, does he carry you as a passer? And the answer is, that's not what they asked him to do. The answer is no. Yeah. I, I like McCarthy's 
you know, personality and everything, but he's a, he's a good athlete. He's a good athlete. He can run a little bit, but I don't think he's like a pure passer. No, I don't either. I don't either. Uh, and Penix has got one of the greatest arms I've ever seen. I think I was watching you the night that you might've been in the studio the night last year when the Huskies played, uh, on like one of the windiest nights ever in Seattle against somebody and the opposing quarterback basically wouldn't throw the ball at all. And Penix was just throwing lasers through that wind. Like it was nothing. Um, but Penix also has terrible mechanics and he's had a, his body's been beat up and he kind of, he needs some development for sure. But man, there'll be three or there'll be teams that will take a chance on that arm. Cause that arm is crazy. That's as good an arm. That's a Flacco arm. That's a, that's a, that's a uh, Terry Bradshaw arm. I mean, that's a once in a every decade kind of an arm. That kid's got. You, you, see, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Oh, he's just he can I think throw he's, lasers. I know, but it, it's imagine how much stronger his arm would be if he used his lower body. I know, I know. But the guy when the guy wants to throw lasers, wow. I mean, he does and throw, has time and space. That's the other thing. Yeah, right? yeah. He's a he. His old line, you know, protected him well. But um, at the next level, we'll see if he can take the hits because he, you know, he's he's had some major injuries. I mean, um, but man, I mean, when you see this guy go to the combine and throw, I think people are going to be like, what? Mm. This guy. Look at this guy. Um, what do you think? I mean, you saw him against Bo Nix. You saw, you know, do you like Bo Nix better? Or do you like him better? Ooh, uh, you know, I like Penix better. Most of the year I voted Penix for Heisman. Um, I think Nix will get drafted ahead of him. Just because of, you know, not just because of, but the athletic element to him. Penix throws the ball down the field a lot more than Bo did. I mean, you know, Penix is kind of your, it's not old school or traditional, but he's a 65% passer, not because he's inaccurate, but because he pushes the ball down the field a lot. You kind of see that less now, right? You see like these guys that are rolling in with like 71% completion percentages. You're like, what? Is this even real? Um, so I like him. I like him at the end of the first round. I think Penix, I think Nix goes ahead of him. I think Penix, I, I think Nix has a, mm, I think Nix might have a better arm, but he's just a more physical player. You know, I think the concern with Penix isn't just that he ended four straight seasons with injuries, Larry, including two frame, ACLs. Right? But if you've watched him the last month, he gets, he got like, he's hurt. He's playing hurt against Michigan. He's playing hurt against Oregon. He's getting killed. And he's, and it's, he's like always holding his rib or, you know, it's, he gets peppered and it, it seems to, it seems to hurt him. Um, but he is tough. He plays through all that stuff, but yeah, I'd love to see him. Like, I think what he needs is if you put Nick's on a baddish team, you could scheme, like, we're going to do some quarterback run. We're just going to do some simple throws and. You know, you could take a baddish team and 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 win a few games. You know, if you ran kind of an offense that fit, I think Penix needs to be with like a good scheme, good quarterback uh, system, good scheming, like good play caller, and and I think he'd be better in that spot where you ask him to make a bunch of like NFL throws, but you give him like he'd be good for Kyle. He'd be good for Kyle. Kyle Penix. Like yeah, I think so. Wow, he might be on the board at the end of the first round. Um. You're the man, man. Seriously, I, I love streaming with you. This was uh, this was fantastic. Um, we're going to try to do this on the regular. Guys channel, everybody sign up over there. Uh, if you're here for the first time, please sign up over here. 
Um, we're doing regular streams and videos and guy, when are you, when are you streaming next? When are you, uh, um, when do you and John go next? Uh, probably the good question. We don't, we don't, I talked to people. I asked Larry the other day, what's your schedule? And Larry gave me like a time by time, day by day schedule. I was like, holy smokes. We just text each other and say, you want to do something? Uh, I'll pro I may do a moody. I did all this moody kicker research. I'll probably do a moody stream later today. So go, uh, go subscribe over there and, and, uh, we'll, we'll dive in a little bit more on, on Moody and Tucker and Robbie gold and that sort of thing. Um, I stream tonight with Kev. We do our call in show and probably go tonight at seven o'clock. So, uh, join us tonight for that. My son's doing a hell of a job growing the channel he and is. he's gonna, he's gonna join me for a little video, uh, a video call stream tonight with some of our our video callers and, and feel free to jump in. We, we always love taking video calls and we'll, we'll talk a lot of Niners tonight. So, um, last thought, last uh, mention, thanks to a pig in a pickle, the title sponsor of the Krug show. Thanks to New York style Italian sausage. Thanks to Marin auto glass. Uh, thanks to uh, underdog fantasy and Mojo fantasy. Check that link in the description. Uh, use the promo code Krug and they'll match you up to your first $100 and guy, before you get out of here, thank your sponsors once more. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Uh, Game Time app, GameTime.co. Promo code HAM. Get you 25 bucks off. And uh, ButcherBox.com slash HAM. Promo code HAM. All kinds of great deals over at ButcherBox. Get you some meat. This guy's the best right here. Guy Haberman. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Larry. Really enjoyed it. Um, one of my favorite streams of the week, and um, I think we're gonna do great stuff on the regular. Have a great day, everybody. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked for. Careful, 